Good morning, church. He is risen. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to celebrate this morning. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon the throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for me. King throughout eternity. Majesty, Lord of all, let every throne before him fall. The King of kings, oh come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Let's sing that again, Majesty.
Now your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know. They all may knew Jesus when I met you. You called my name. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open, cause when you call me, To I needed rescue. I needed rescue. You soon was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. You call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open, cause when you call my name, I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, into your glorious day, you called my name. Father God, what a day to be with you, to be with each other, to celebrate. Father, that not only did you send your son to die, 
and victoriously he defeated death. He defeated the grave. But because of that, we defeat the grave too. That death no longer has a hold on us. Oh, you are so good to us, Lord. So today, Father, we lift our eyes to you, God. We set aside all the things in, in our life, our situations, our circumstances, the things that have happened in this week, and we just choose to focus on you, our cornerstone, our foundation, our rock. We praise you today, God. You are worthy of praise. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ alone, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the sea. shall come with 
It's Easter. Wow, there, there I am. Welcome to uh, Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. I, I noticed somebody said we had a good Easter this morning, and I was thinking, how can you had a good Easter? It's Easter's today. They were posting that at like 11 o'clock last night. I was thinking, it's Saturday, but Sunday's coming. You know, I don't, I don't know. Some of you guys have heard that, that uh, message, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You know, um, but I got to tell you, I, I can't go through a Saturday now when Easter's coming without thinking in terms of what it must have been like for the disciples on Saturday. I mean, it's bad enough watching the crucifixion, watching everything take place. They're hiding out for their lives. And then Sabbath arrives, and being good Jews, they're going to still observe the Sabbath, probably hiding out, observing the Sabbath, maybe together. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened between crucifixion and resurrection. There's not a whole lot of information there. And I just think Saturday had to be the drag of all. Because you, you were just in shock, and now on Saturday, it's really setting in. You're like, wow, this, is really, this really happened. Can you believe it? I thought we were going to rule together, Lowell. I thought, 
I thought this was all going to get better, Rachel. I thought, I thought we were destined for greatness. And this all just fell apart. It, did you see it? He got crucified. So I don't know if you guys have ever paid attention before, but you've paid attention at least once or twice. But have you noticed on headstones that it usually gives the date that a person was born and then the date that they died? What's in between? A dash usually, right? The dash. And, and I was thinking that their life is full, full of dashes. And the dashes don't tell the story. And, and the truth is, is that Saturday had to be a big, big honking dash in the disciples' lives. That it had to be one of the slowest, longest days ever. Will it ever end? And then that brings us, you know, this dash of what, what's God doing in their hearts? You know, just bringing them down to absolute brokenness, just absolute dejection. Man, life stinks. And I'm going to read the account out of Mark. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. They're going to bring those spices to help the stink not be so bad on that dead carcass of Jesus. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb. So that on Sunday morning, they came to the tomb. And when the sun had risen and they had said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was a very large stone. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. I always like the obvious nature of Scripture. When you go expecting to find somebody dead in the tomb and they're not there and there's a young man sitting there instead of the guy that you thought was dead laying there, wrapped up in his grave clothes. And the angel of the Lord says, this is nothing. <laughs> don't, don't be upset. I mean, he... Don't you guys ever read the Bible and kind of catch that there's some humor there? Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. How'd you know that? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee there you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. 
They didn't believe Wayne. I mean, how often does somebody raise from the dead? How often does this happen? After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they didn't believe them either. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe. Those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, I, I always like this version of this in Mark. Mark's account of the resurrection is so interesting because it's con confronting the unbelief. Jesus is confronting the unbelief. And then Mark says that he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I, I love this picture of going from Friday through Saturday through this big dash of nothingness. And then we come to the resurrection and they don't believe. And you know what? There's, there's people probably here today that are probably wondering, do I really believe that? And if you do believe, then we've been given a commission to do something with that belief. We don't just hide it in our back pocket. There's something that we do with it. And I, and I love this picture that we have today that we may experience some dashes in life, some places where we struggle, some places where we have difficulty, but ultimately Jesus is bringing us out of those empty places, and his point is, is to bring us into the purpose of his Father, to live this life the way he created us to live. And that's the best news that I know to tell you today about the resurrection. And we're going to talk a bit more about that as we come to communion later, but one thing I like about Easter is I think it's a celebration for us. And I think one of the things that we can do in celebration is worship, sing, enjoy the presence of God together. So um, can we do that today? Enjoy the presence of the Lord, worship him. And we're, I promise that we're not going to keep you here a real long time. But we're, we're going to have some time just to worship God and, and maybe allow the words of the songs to sink into your heart. Um, we've, we've already had some great words up there, but uh, we're going to continue to do that this morning. So let's continue worshiping. All right, you can stand with us. We're going to go ahead and sing a new song this morning. It's Easter, and it always feels like a good time to, to put new songs in. This song is called Raise a Hallelujah. And uh, it was written uh, by a man who friends of his had a little boy who was got real sick real suddenly a couple years ago and landed in the hospital and there wasn't a good prognosis for him there. Um, and so these people, it's the same guy that wrote uh, No Longer Slaves, David Helzer. And, and they were all real burdened for this family and for this child. And what they faced in front of them was unbelief. And that's neat that Dad was talking about that this morning. I read this morning about Thomas. <laughs> the disciples had all seen Jesus 
or believed Mary and believed these people who had seen Jesus after he had risen, but Thomas hadn't. It says, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. That's what Jesus said. He had risen. It had been a week or more, and, and Thomas sees him, and he says, peace. And Thomas says, reach your finger, or then Jesus said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving. Be believing. And Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. And so today that's what we're going to do. We're going to answer and say, my Lord and my God. We want to be believing. And in the, this, the first word say, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. You can go ahead and start, Keith. And the enemy in this case is unbelief. I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven come to fight for me. So whatever that situation is in your life, that you feel like the unbelief is louder than your belief in the healing power of Jesus, today we're going to worship over that. Because our weapon against unbelief, I always visualize my guitar as my weapon, but our weapon is our worship. So I'm asking something of you today. If you are here and you are believing, we're going to get into this song today. And I wonder, I, we're going to feel it, and it's okay to have feelings and to be a bit emotional about it once in a while, right? We're going to raise a hallelujah. When the worship leader who sings this song does it on the recording, he says something really neat in the middle. He says, you have to raise your own hallelujah. I can't raise it for you. And I can do everything I can up here to lead you guys. But the hallelujah in your life, raising that hallelujah over the unbelief, over those things in your life is up to you today. Are you guys ready? All right. And I raise hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. And I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. And I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. And I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes, hope will arise Death is defeated, the King is alive I raise a hallelujah everything inside of me and I raise a hallelujah now watch the darkness flee now raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery now raise a hallelujah 
lost your hold on me Oh, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes, hope will arise Death is defeated, the king is alive Sing a little louder Sing a little louder Sing a little louder Oh, sing a little louder Sing a little louder Sing a little louder Sing a little louder Oh, sing a little louder Sing a little louder In the presence of my enemy Sing a little louder Louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder My weapon is a melody Sing a little louder Sing a little louder oh, oh, I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The king is alive Oh, I'm gonna sing In the middle of the
King is alive. Yes, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. here you guys so versatile in all they do Only 
Great are you, Lord. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Oh, great are you, Lord, and it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Yes, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. How oh, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you, only you. Great are you, Lord. Oh, we sing, great are you, Lord, yes, we sing, oh, great are you, Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Oh, great are you, Lord. 
This next song, we need a we need a bit of help as a worship team, and so I've called upon some of our really good and excellent worshipers in our congregation <laughs> to give us a, a hand. Is he worthy? He is. We're gonna sing about that. I'm going to sing a question, and uh, the kids and Justin are going to answer it, so you can follow them, and then we'll sing together on the chorus. Does that make sense? Okay. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Is all created? groaning it is is a new creation coming it is is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst is. is it good that we Remind ourselves of this. Is. is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The line of Judah. Conquered the grave. Is David root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy? 
Father truly love us? Yes. Does the Spirit move among us? Yes. And is Jesus our Messiah hold forever those He loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah Comfort the grave is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave from every people and tribe, for every nation and tongue. He has made us a kingdom and priest to God to reign with the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Of all blessing and honor and glory is he worthy is he worthy is he worthy of this here we go church
So the resurrection, um, as I was saying to the worship team beforehand, is kind of like in our rearview mirror. We, we tend to look at it backwards knowing kind of the story. And as I was talking about Saturday had to be hard, we don't normally think that way because we just think of the resurrection. It's over. You know, what do we care about what Saturday was like? I think it's because we care because there's things that we can learn because how many of you found out that life sometimes is rough? Things don't go the way we plan all the time. Things sometimes just, and that's where the disciples were. Things didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. Even though Jesus was plainly telling them, they still had expectations that were, wow, you know, this is going to happen. And Jesus is like, Sorry, guys, this is going to go a completely different direction than what you expect. And so in the rearview mirror, sometimes things get smaller and smaller, right, as we get farther and farther away from them. And um, it's out of that kind of perspective that I think Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 15. If you've got uh, your Bible with you, whether it be on your smart device or you brought the old school written word i it doesn't matter to me if you can turn there to uh 1 corinthians 15 otherwise you can just listen to me and you won't have to follow along i'm going to read this in the new king james version 1 corinthians 15 <clears throat> this is actually one of my favorite places in scripture because <clears throat> It really addresses the point and the importance of the resurrection. And the reason why I say that Paul was addressing this rearview mirror concept with the Corinthian church is because he was starting to see that there were people in the church at Corinth that were starting to struggle with the same thing people are doing in the church today. I've been seeing more and more people trying to explain that, well, the resurrection didn't have to literally happen. Um, I've just, as, as we go through this, I think you guys are going to see the importance of it and, and the centrality of it to our faith. So Paul starts here in, in verse one, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. That means the good news, which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which you also are saved if you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, <coughs> and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, 
You guys catch that? You know, this isn't just the 12 disciples and some women, which, by the way, I believe Paul is addressing this. He's not mentioning the women because women uh, witnesses were not of value in those days. And so he's trying to make the point, and he's going to drive it home by saying, these are the men that seen him, and by the way, 500 brothers also were witnesses uh, that he rose from the dead. So there's quite a few witnesses, and, and he goes on to say, of whom the greater part of that 500 remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep, some have died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, <clears throat> but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, and if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. I love that verse. If in this life we have hope in Christ... In, in other words, Paul's saying it this way. If Jesus was just a good man, a good example, and he didn't raise from the dead, and our faith is in um, another one like Buddha or Allah or any number of other religious leaders, if that's what our faith is in, then we are of all men most pitiable because our faith hinges on his resurrection. If he didn't raise from the dead, then let's all go home and forget this. It's pointless. But I love how Paul goes on. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive but each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, and he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And I'm going to stop there, and, and just I want to make this point that the resurrection can never become just a rear-view mirror perspective for us. It has to be something that is constantly a part of who we are because what we're going to partake of up here 
and, and I'm going to read in just a, a few moments here, is all about keeping the perspective that Jesus accomplished for us what we could not do for ourselves. I've been teaching for the past few weeks about the tabernacle of Moses and, and how the only way to come before God and have our sins atoned or covered was to kill an animal and then the priest present that offering on your behalf and then the priest would go into the holy place and then they'd go into the holy of holies once a year and and all of this process was setting up something that we see in Christ and the, that Christ hanging on the cross is the ultimate sacrifice. It's not uh, a shadow of what is to come. It is the payment. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The point God wants is for you and I to have relationship with him now but also in eternity. And it's not a matter of, well, I've got to get my life cleaned up. It's a matter of coming to Christ and allowing him to help you live this life that he's called you to live. Too many people say, well, I, I'd, I'd be a Christian, but I don't want to go to church. Well, don't go to church. Don't go to church. You are the church. You can't go to something that you are. So be the church. Well, so I, I do this or I do that. Well, then let Jesus clean you up. Several years ago, we had a friend, Dr. Kendall was here preaching, and he was talking about the absolute legal proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And after he got done, there was a man sitting right about where Wayne's at this morning, um, that after, <clears throat> after Dr. Kendall finished, this, this man said, what the F? Only he didn't say F. He said the whole word. Can't argue with that and stood up to give his life to Jesus as a Savior. I told Dr. Kendall that afterwards, what had happened, and he, and he chuckled and he said, well, we catch him and he cleans him. And see, here's the point, church, is that a lot of us keep thinking that we have to clean up ourselves, but it's Jesus who cleans us, purifies us, sets us free, brings deliverance, healing, restoration, redemption, all of those great words. He is the one that does that. All we have to do is put our faith and trust in him. Did he raise from the dead? Did God send him? Did, did he pay the price for your sins on the cross? Did he die a criminal's death in your place? He did. That's all it takes is you put your faith and trust in him and then you keep doing that and instead of putting it in the rear view mirror, you keep putting it, that's where I'm heading. I'm heading towards everything that God wants me to be. And so much, you know, we sang that song, it's your breath in my lungs so we pour out our praise and, and I was thinking, you know, we do that in church. We pour out our praise. But I'm thinking some of you need to see that you're pouring out your praise in your job, in your family, when you're changing a diaper that you don't want to change. 
when you're washing the clothes, when you're loving your family, when you are working with people that you really don't want to be around. We pour out our praise because it's your breath in my lungs. So this life is not about what I feel. It's about living it is unto you, Lord. There's a great deal of purpose in that, isn't there, church? So when Paul says, hey, Corinthians, don't lose sight of the fact that this resurrection not only happened, but if it didn't happen, then we're following a joke. We're following something that didn't happen. And our faith is empty. But church, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus not only rose from the dead, but one day this body that I'm in may die. But the spirit in me is going to be in the presence of Jesus. And one day I'm going to have, as Hans shared with us last week, it's going to be a new body. And, and you're going to come up and you say, Kenny, you look really good. And I'm going to say, that's because God gave me a new body. And I'm feeling good. Amen? Wayne, none of this, you know, going on up there. I don't know if you guys seen that or not. Wayne got hit by a hydraulic hose, busted. Did it bust and then shoot you across? Wow. Wow. In case you didn't know, hydraulic hoses have a lot of pressure, liquid pressure. So it's fortunate that it's just kind of a burn across your, your neck. Jesus was looking out for you. He's done a lot of that in your life, Wayne. <laughs> well, church, what I want to do now is I want to take us to this table here. And Paul writes earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And I know you guys have heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Only I'm going to say it with a pretty cool quote. When Jesus said, it is finished, he didn't say, I'm finished. He was just getting started. It is finished means the sacrifice has been taken care of. But I'm not finished because I'm coming to do a work in Bonnie. I'm coming to do a work in Hans. I'm coming to do a work in Maddie. I'm not finished. It is finished. Now let's go to work. Let's have some fun. Let's live this life. Therefore, whenever or whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. In other words, if we come up and we just kind of flippantly go through the motions and just say, this is a religious thing, going to partake of the bread, going to partake of the juice, get this thing over with so we can get done, get out of here. 
We're missing the point unless we understand that when he said it is finished, that when I partake of this, I realize that he's not finished in me, that he's still at work in me, and I'm putting my faith and trust in him. Amen? So when we partake of this bread, we partake of this juice, we're doing something physical that identifies with the spiritual truth that God loves me and cares about me so much that he gave his son and sent his son to say, I'm doing a work that is going to help you live the life that God created you for. So come and partake of my strength. Come and partake of what is being done to wipe away your sins so that you can live in righteousness. So let's not partake in an unworthy manner. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And I think not discerning the Lord's body means that I'm not discerning that I'm, I'm not the only believer here. I have brothers and sisters all around me, and they are all of value. And on Monday when we had the, the Passover Seder here uh, with Sam Rood from Jews for Jesus, he made a point that I've never heard him say before in all the times that we've done that, is he said this one cup that we partook of, it, it was a cup of joy in that they were no longer slaves in Egypt, but they also remembered that it was a cup of sadness because they understood that their enemies in Egypt paid an awful price because of their rebellion. And so there was a cup of, this cup was basically two parts. It's a, it's a cup of joy, but it's also a cup of, of sadness, of grieving, because they realize that their enemies paid an awful price. And, and I think that oftentimes when we look around, we, we look around with disdain at other people, and the Lord wants us to look around and say, I created them. They are created in my image. They all matter to me. And so as we partake, we're not only partaking and saying, thank you, Lord, but Lord, help me to look around and see your purpose and plan to reach other people with the hope that, God, you love them and that you have a purpose and a plan for their life. It's not just what happens here. It's what happens in all of eternity. Amen? So as we come and partake this morning, would you take a moment and just do some business and, and say, you know, maybe you're asking yourself, do I believe in the resurrection? Do I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sins? Do I believe that God really loves me? There's an awful lot of bad things in the world. There's an awful lot of bad things that happen. Where's he in, in all of that? And you may have some questions about that, but those questions to me are oftentimes directed at God when we as people need to take the blame for the things that we've done. Well, God allowed them to happen. Really? Seems like there's an awful lot of things that we're responsible for, and we always want to find somebody to, to blame, right? So God has made a way by which we may be saved, and maybe we should start by saying, God, I'm just going to believe and allow you to fill in the blanks, fill in the dashes, fill in those places that seem to be a question and allow you to be Lord of my life instead of me trying to tell you how to run your show. 
Amen. Wayne. <laughs> so, Lord, we come. We thank you for this physical act of partaking of the bread. Bread speaks of life. Bread speaks of something that, that we need nourishment for. And, Lord, as we partake of this physical nourishment, we partake knowing that we need spiritual nourish, nourishment as well. So, Lord, we feed our faith in remembering that, Jesus, you said, it is finished. And, Lord, as we partake of this juice, we remember that your blood was shed so that our sins could be removed. The power of sin and all of the penalty of sin could be removed. So, Lord, as we partake of these things, Lord, we proclaim our faith in you. We proclaim, Lord, our belief that you have called us to be your hands and feet in this world. You've called us to love people, to care about people, to care about the community that we live in. So strengthen your church. Strengthen us, Lord. And if you're here this morning and you've not yet made a decision to give your life to Christ, to that's, that, that's what we call it, giving your life to Christ or putting your faith in Christ, then I, I'd want to invite you to do that, not come up here and partake unless you've made that decision. And you know if you've made that decision. I don't have to really lead you in a prayer. There's something going on in your heart right now, and you're making a decision to say, I believe. Is he worthy? He is. Put your faith and your trust in him. And as you do that today, let this be the first day that you come and partake of this table, saying, Jesus, I believe that you're my Lord and my Savior. And partake of these elements together with us today on this Resurrection Sunday. That Jesus is not only going to meet you when you pass this body that you, that you live in dies, and he's going to take you to heaven, but he's going to one day give you a new body. So, Lord, thank you for your sacrifice for us, and thank you for the opportunity to approach this table and celebrate not only your death, but, Lord, also celebrating your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're ready, go ahead and come and partake today.
behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he Hallelujah, Christ. 
Anybody make a decision to give their life to Jesus today? Every day? How about any first-timers today? Say, well, I thought you weren't going to embarrass me. I, I'm actually wanting to help you. So the reason is because it says with the heart man believes, the mouth, confession is made. And so I want to help you not only believe but also experience his righteousness and that's the first part is if you get to believe which is a very personal thing but confession is made and that's where the righteousness begins because we're no longer ashamed of what Jesus has done for us amen all right well good Easter morning I'm sure all of you have plans today so we're gonna we're gonna close out with one more song and receive, receive tithes and offerings at this time. So, got some helpers. <clears throat> Rachel, do you need prayer? Yeah? Yeah? So, I'd like some ladies to pray for Rachel for healing. I've got some oil up here. Um, anoint her with oil and pray for her to be healed. She's um, suffering with something. And, and so I'm going to do that. You can go ahead and move that direction, but we're going to do that after we uh, receive tithes and offerings. So they're, ga they're ganging up around you as we speak, Rachel. So, Lord, as we receive tithes and offerings, as we celebrate your life, Lord, not something that's in the rearview mirror, but Lord, something that's always in front of us. But Lord, you're with us always, that you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And we thank you for your presence with us. Lord, every day that you're leading us, every day you're guiding us, you're helping us, Lord, to live this life with greater purpose, greater plan, but Lord, most of all, free from the sin that so easily entangles us, free from those things that would keep us from experiencing your blessings, your provision. Lord, as we bring our tithes and offerings, be glorified in our giving. Lord, let that be one more physical expression of your lordship in our lives, Lord. And Lord, as, as we give, then Lord, I pray for provision, for blessing, that Lord, we would continue to be blessed so that we could be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.
victory you have won victorious you have come what was stolen you brought back to us oh victory oh victory you have won victorious you have come what was stolen you brought back to us our champion our champion you fight for us you made a way where there was champion you're strong in us the dead we own you paid in blood the one in whom we belong we'll lift our voice join your song we were orphaned now forever Forever you're our champion, you fight for us, you made a way where there was none, our champion, you're strong in us, the dead we own, you paid in blood, oh we'll shout, we will shout it out from the mountain tops that our God is good. He has overcome. Let all the earth, every tribe and tongue, we will sing it out. He has overcome. We will shout, shout it out from the Happy Easter to you all.